Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. For those of you that regularly tune into the video version of this, you might notice I'm in a slightly different place. I'm in a place called Qatar, where the oh, yeah, yeah. World, right. World Cup of something is going happened. on. But this but, is motorsport, and we're here to talk about aerodynamics. Has it ruined Formula One forever? Um, we got a surprise winner at the Autosport Awards yeah, to go yeah. through. Jamie Chadwick finally gets a big break that uh, everybody's talking about. So we're going into a bit of detail there. We uh, look at Aussie supercars, Holden bow out of Aussie supercars. What a legacy that's been, uh, and one of the best, one of the best um, celebrations you'll ever see in any after any yeah. race ever. Um, but first. <laughs> Tiff, you must have uh, have fond memories, but we got to say uh, a farewell and pay our respects to uh, Patrick Tamby as well, who um, yeah, sadly yeah, died really this week. Sad. We've, been fighting, we've been fighting the dreaded Parkinson's disease for several years, and he's only seventy three. You know, sadly passed. He was a wonderful of all the French drivers. He was he was quite an Anglophile. He was quite calm, and he was a lovely, charming gentleman. Um, but he was a part of this amazing batch of French Grand Prix drivers in the, in the mid-70s and early 80s. They had this Elf, Pilot Elf. Uh, so the National Fuel Company had this massive chain of, you know, encouraging you know, from Formula Renault right up through to Formula One. Um, sort of a bit like the Red Bull do now. And some of this pack, I mean, I read the list, the pack of his colleagues that were in the 70s. There was René Arnoux, Jean-Pierre Jaboui, Michel Leclerc, Didier Peroni, Jacques Lafitte, who was actually more a BP-sponsored driver. And then, of course, the last one was probably Alain Prost. So we're talking about, you know, seven or eight French Grand Prix drivers, this, this whole thing produced. Um, but Tombe had what I would call almost a perfect career because he, he he didn't go straight into F1. He, he finished second in the F2 Championship, I think, behind... Um, it was behind uh, one of his other French things, it was behind feet. So he went off to Can-Am in America, that wonderful old sports car. So he won the Can-Am Championship. Then McLaren gave him a couple of years of Formula One when McLaren wasn't the car to have. And then he went back to America in Can-Am again and won that. And then he came back. He took Villeneuve's place. When Villeneuve was killed, he was the driver that went to Ferrari. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and took that number 27. And I think he's actually a godfather to... Um, to Jacques Villeneuve. Jacques. And I think Villeneuve, Villeneuve was a godfather, was a godfather to his son, Tombe's son. Um, and of course, he won his Alistair, last Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, won his last Grand Prix Imola in front of the, the for Tifosi in the number 27 Ferrari. Um, then he went off, he did Le Mans afterwards, he did Paris Dakar. So a wonderfully versatile driver that I'd love to a see bit, more of. A bit like yourself, uh, I think. Well, yeah, same, yeah, same age as well, which is scary, isn't it? Yeah, scary. Slightly more successful than me, but yeah, a lovely, <laughs> lovely man. And for him to get the dreaded Parkinson's is such a shame. But be uh, fondly remembered, I think, by the whole motorsport fraternity. Yeah, and, and he had a, uh, a couple of pole positions. He had a couple of wins as well, yeah, a few pole positions, yeah. a couple of wins in Formula One. So a, prop, a proper driver. And yes, slightly yeah. better than you in terms of he, success he as Goodwood. a driver. You know, he came over yep. to Goodwood. I raced against him at Goodwood and we would meet him there every year. So uh, a real shame. So a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. Fond, fond memories for you, I'm sure, and for, for hopefully our listeners as well. Um, I, you know, I didn't know much about him. I looked, I looked him up, and uh, so it's it very interesting to see what a, a versatile career he had. Yeah, but uh, yeah. uh, respects to respects to his family. Um, where are we going first, Tiff? We're going to aerodynamics. Aerodynamics. Yeah. I'm sorry, is I brought it, this is up it on Twitter. Formula One. <laughs> 
I think it's killed it. I mean, the, it, this uh, all goes down, John. I'll be interested in comments below. I want lots of comments on this because obviously <laughs> I want good racing. I think most fans want good racing. But if you criticise aerodynamicists and these, you know, amazing cars that will go around corners with 10 G side stupid loads and there, there is, there's an element to the Formula 1 fraternity. <laughs> they want free regulations, in which case the driver would sit in a G-suit and would just be going around on an automated, you know. Um, but it's because this all came out because Ross Braun was interviewed in uh, in Abu Dhabi because he's retiring from FOM where, where he did these new regulations. And he's, he's, he says, I'm sailing off into the sunset, really pleased and excited with where Formula 1 is today. Well, Ross... I'm bloody not. And I don't, I don't think the majority of Formula One fans are loving the current state of these cars. Um, because Ross, of course, was given the job of coming out with these new regulations because you know, the cars couldn't follow. They had to have DRS. And I'm fairly convinced myself that the whole idea that we got the impression of was that they were going to get rid of DRS. Ross Braun, come up with some formula that gets rid of DRS. Then when we first had that form image of a mocked up future, you know, this new regulation with those huge, wide, ugly front wings, I was, <laughs> I was in despair. You know, when, when he said, you know, get rid of DRS, you know, bring ground effect back, I pictured cars maybe without any rear front wings or maybe as in the 80s, you know, just small little front wing each side. And yet, yeah. because, because the sort of ground effect that Ross came up with was this horrible, porpoising mess of a thing, which, which okay, you know, Adrian Newey got it right with the Red Bull. You know, I think McLaren, Mercedes, what's called McLaren? Mercedes went too low. They tried to be, because ground effect is all about keeping your car as close to the ground as possible. And ever since that was introduced to motorsport and um, Mario Andretti walked off with the 1978 Formula One championship, ever since that year, aerodynamicists have ruled the roost. And the problem is now all the rule makers and all the teams are owned or directed by aerodynamicists. So they're not going to give up their love and career. Like Adrian Newey's not going to say, you know, if you said, well, let's have spec front and rear wings, which I believe would actually be quite a good thing to make racing better. The aerodynamicists that rule Formula One, oh, they'd go mental. You'd never get it through. <laughs> so, yeah, but there's so other ways that it. There are other ways that they could excel if they had spec front and rear wings. There are other ways that they well, could exactly, excel yeah, with the, do, do, the yes, flow over the car. Stuff, but, but we have to yeah. have to stop this dirty air. And, um, you know, because aero, I mean, Ross Braun, I mean, Jensen Button won a world championship simply yeah. down to the fact that Ross Braun <laughs> found a little loophole in the regulations, got a double diffuser on his cars, and nobody else could compete. Adrian yeah. Newey's been brilliant this year. Nobody can compete with Red Bull because Newey's come up with an aerodynamic design. You know, you remember we had fan cars to try and uh, come up with it to beat the ground effect. Then we had those cars that they had a ride height, had a max to try and stop them being so close to the ground. And they had that ride height rule for a year. As soon as the cars walked out of the pit lane, they'd spring back down because they had sort of these double springs. And the pit lane, they're about six centimetres <laughs> ride height. They're on the track about six millimetres. Um so, you know, then Newey came in, you've read Agent Newey's amazing book, you know. I mean, it's a fabulous book about how aerodynamics work. He's looking for little vortexes here and vortexes there, and your, your wing mirror will send a vortex to somewhere that he wants to move. So it's an incredibly, you know, difficult science. But to my mind, it's what's spoiled. You know, if you, if you look to pre-1978, 
You can look at early mid 70s Grand Prix, you'll see the cars coming into the first corner, and there can be eight different constructors in the first 10 cars. I mean, competition then was unbelievable. Whereas now, as soon as your aerodynamicist gets that little clever tweak, everybody else is, is, a, is a nowhere man. Yeah, I so, think, look, I'm all, I'm all for innovation. And I love I love the fact that every year the cars get faster and better, as, as you would expect them to. But the cars no, are far too big for me. Why do you have to go faster? Are, the faster well, every year. Okay. That was another thing. About 10 years ago, they came with this, we must have cars five seconds faster. And they actually said the Formula One fans have asked for this. Well, they didn't ask me, I can assure you. Because when well, are all well, the best you, races? The best races are when it's wetter, damp, when the cars are slower, harder to yep. drive, less running on rails that the aerodynamicists create. That's when racing comes alive, when the aero is less important. I think but we'll you know, all agree with that. But I'm all for, I'm for innovation, but the cars are too big, in my opinion. They're too, well, yeah, but that's, well, that's because of the stupid um, hybrid rubbish we got yeah. it. that's they're big because they have to have batteries and that's the problem so that's a that's a second problem but the point we haven't even finished with this ross braun thing <laughs> because then he virtually agrees with drs is here until the end of these regulations well, well what that wasn't the idea was it um you've talked about overtake you love your stats didn't you last week you said there's a record number of overtakes this year and i point out yeah but they're mostly when someone pits and changes tires or something what I would like is a stat. How many overtakes were done on track with DRS and without DRS? I think it'd be about 95% with DRS and 5% without. That's the sort of statistic I want from you next week. Yeah. Um, All right. So we talk about, so then Ross Braun talks about the 2026 regulations, which he's had a hand, although he's leaving now, so he's retiring, he's obviously had a hand in what's going to happen to the new rules. He's already saying, well, the trouble with DRS is you know, we have to have DRS because there's dirty air, which I thought he was going to get rid of, but he didn't. So now we're talking about apparently the big thing for 2026 is active aero. So not going further away. From it. We're giving the aerodynamics even no. more. And apparently one minute he talks about would have the, in the corners, you'd have more downforce, your active aero kick in. And when you come to straights, you'd have less downforce, which would give more slipstream and maybe overtaking. But then he, he went on to say, with active aero, because they can control it, if someone's out in the lead by five seconds, they're going to take away some of his downforce. And they're going to give more to the car chasing. Oh, no, please. I'm no. serious. Who said that? This Where did you read that? In Autosport, oh. flipping here, here, in this. Wow, Autosport magazine. The future Incredible. is one. So, yes, so it's, we're not going to have less aero, and the aerodynamicists are going to rule even more. Adrian Newey mm. is, is worth every single penny he gets paid because he is, you know, he's done such a brilliant job with it. You know, I guess the um, difference is, I mean, when you see these guys driving their Formula 1 cars and they're changing all the different modes on the steering wheel, but if you, a top, top sim driver can get into a Formula 1 car and really the, the, the similarities are quite phenomenal other than the fitness side of it. But yeah. you ask a top, top sim driver to get into a car from 25 years ago and they would be five seconds <laughs> lap slower. But yeah. now they're... they're it's, I guess that's the difference. The cars are much easier to drive. Yeah. Uh, and operate. And easy to operate. Other, yeah, I was, you know, get a Formula 3 driver now. They have a half-day test in Abu Dhabi. And they're within half a second 
of the of the you know, as I talk about Jim Clark would be you know two seconds faster than a very very good driver. The driver is becoming less and less important, and the aerodynamicist that dominates Look, it's ruining have, Formula One. Ruining. We had some phenomenal races. You last can put year. that in your title. Okay, to point we're, out we're, Formula One ruined for his Twitter. No, he always puts controversial things. That I don't. They're Phil's. Phil is time, our social media guru. Right, that Phil. Sometimes. Sometimes is ruining Formula One. <laughs> but you can put Ruin. that with my blessing. And I don't, but, there's, there's no escape. There's no escape. We're stuck with these modern things now till 2026. And then apparently we'll have active aero. And then someone will get a clever tweak and they'll win by half a lap. Unless racing fans. <laughs> racing fans, remember the days where you'd see the drivers sideways in a Formula One car and just having to work so hard. That's what I'd like to see is too many driver's aids now. That's why um, I love it. Anyway. That's why I love IndyCar. That is why I love IndyCar. I mean, there are well, some boring well, races in IndyCar, I know, but, you know, if you watch IndyCar, the cars are exciting, the drivers can, you know, and obviously it's only one chassis, therefore nobody can get away with any big aero advantage. Yeah. So, okay. So what's so there we go. So we it, ruining Formula One is the title of this podcast. Let's move on to the surprise awards at the Autosport. Yes. Uh, a week ago, I was saying <laughs> Ollie Behrman must win Autosport. He was beaten a year before by Zach <laughs> Sullivan, and then no, all of a sudden Luke Browning, Autosport champion, picks up his two hundred thousand pound check. I just like to say at this juncture, not that I'm jealous, when I won the. Equivalent award, the Grover Award in 1976, I was given a £1,000 check. <laughs> what would that be in today's money? Do a quick sum. Uh, I don't know. Only about 10, isn't it? 10,000. Certainly not 200. £1,000 in 1976, what would that be worth now? Can you do it on you? We, we got, we anyway, got a stat man here. Yep. So, Luke, right, I'd said Oli Berg. Oli Berg has had a fantastic season of uh, Formula 3 and he's going Formula 2 next year. I thought, well, yeah, he's just so good, Oli. I'm a huge fan of Oli. But... The good news is, I mean, I don't know Luke Browning that well, but I've followed that he won the Formula 4 Championship and he won the GP3. Are you talking to him? You've got the answer. 6,100, there or thereabouts. 6,000. So mine, I've yeah. got 6,000 pounds, he's got 200. <laughs> anyway, so Luke Browning has beaten Ollie Behrman to this, this autosport. And, this is, and it's a fantastic experience judging panels. So I really respect them. Derek Warwick leads this team uh, of, of journalists. Have you, ever, have, you ever been on the, have you ever been on the judging no. panel? I was very early on. So I did. I did run in the very first one autosports. I did. So anyway, so I really respect their opinion. And of course, Zach O'Sullivan beat Ollie Behrman to the title a year ago. And now Zach's, and now um, Luke Browning's done it. So although I followed Luke Browning's, I know he won the Formula 4. In fact, he beat, he beat, beat Zach O'Sullivan in a very tense Formula 4 championship a couple of years ago. So the brilliant news is, if Ollie Behrman's as good as he is, but Zach's better... And so is Luke. We've got three most Amazing. incredibly talented. That is the great news that Oli Behrman being beaten means. Um, the thing about with uh, why I didn't probably rate Luke Browning enough is I think sometimes the national series, you don't know how competitive it is that year. You know, you've got 15 other kids. So you come, whereas Oli, of course, has been out in the international world. So he's winning Formula 3 races against the best from Europe. So sometimes it's hard to judge how good a driver is going to be when he moves up the ladder. But obviously, you know, the judges, you know, have been so impressed. Um, Luke Browning is today's autosport. So huge congratulations to Luke. And I really look forward to you going to Formula 3. Because uh, Zach O'Sullivan, first year of Formula 3, was in a, a lower team. He's now in the, the famous Prima team. So maybe, you know, maybe we can have uh, a lot of winning going on with these kids. So wonderful. 
Because other awards you also support awards, I bet you won't be able to guess. Um, who was the international driver of the year voted by the public? <laughs> Go on. Tell Max us. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> exactly. What was the international <laughs> car of the year? Uh, go on, tell us. Might have been the Red Bull. <laughs> and then shock and shock, what was the international rally driver of the year? Um, they go don't on, need tell voting. Us. They don't need voting. <laughs> well, the world champion, Cali Roffin Perry. What was the international rally car of the year? Of course, it was the bloody Toyota. Well, who do you think's going to win it? Who do you well, think's going to win it? Why do they have all this voting? Yeah. Voted it. Just, they almost don't well, need it, to have those awards. In, international driver, I think Max could come second and still win that anyway. Max could come fifth and still win that. He's so popular. Goodness knows why. Pop- but It's not that popular in Britain, is it? But anyway, as a driver, as a driver, we respect him. <laughs> so that was... So anyway, the other two finalists, of course, apart from Luke and Ollie Br- or Behrman, were um, Jamie Chadwick and Louis Foster. And it's exciting to announce this week um, that Jamie's going to go off to America, where she's going to be up against the boys. Um, she's doing the... Well, I call it Indie Lights, but to get it correct, it's now the Indie NXT, because it's obviously got sponsored. So that's that's the Formula 2 series in America. And funny enough, Louis Foster, the other finalist, she's joining him in the same Andretti team. So they'll be teammates next year. So the two oh, wow. other um, finals. Um, of course, Louis Foster won the Indie Pro 2000 Championship, the Formula 3 series in America. So that's really interesting, because now Jamie's going to be the same team up against a champion from a, from a Formula Below. So she's got a real test there to see just where she is ranked, you know, as an overall racing driver. So that'd be and really good interesting. For good for her because, you know, we've, we've been the first to point out that perhaps she's not quite as yeah. talented as some yeah. of the men. And the doesn't, males, and doesn't but, want to. You know, we thought she doesn't yeah. want to move up. But she'll get beat. Good for her. Yeah. A big, big yeah. respect to Jamie Chadwick. Yeah. And, and I don't care Absolutely. if she gets beaten or whatever, she's, she's, she's doing it. And she's doing yeah. it at the top, top level. So good for Jamie. Brilliant. And doing ovals. And doing ovals. You know, people like, you know. Yeah. Ricardo Amazing. says, you know, I quite like IndyCar, but I don't want to do ovals. You know, they're all yeah. ovals, a bit dangerous. But no, she's putting right in there in the deep end uh, in the Indy, like, Indy NXT. Well, that's quite, absolute fantastic news. And and quite a nice little barometer, actually, uh, with her teammates. So that would be yeah, quite interesting, Foster, yeah. That, yeah. that little battle, how that goes. Yeah, Louis, Louis did the sort of Formula 4 and Formula GB3 in England. Um, yeah. And then the price of going to international Formula 3 was just too much money. So that's why he went to America uh, to do this India. It's an interesting thing for young drivers that can't find these ridiculous budgets, you know, for Formula, Formula 3 and Formula 2. So he'd made that decision to go to America. And um, yeah, so apparently he had a bit of tonsillitis during the test. So he's got a bit of an excuse for having a bad, but I'm sure uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have been. Who knows? He could have won. Um, no, brilliant. We wish finally, Jamie finally lots of Yeah. Well, the funny racing last weekend. So yeah. you and, it, and the bet I was going to say the best celebration known to mankind in racing oh, yeah. was the Aussie uh, supercars. So it was the last <laughs> round of the championship, Adelaide, that wonderful Adelaide track. I know it's a championship we should be talking about every week on on Love Cars. On it, re- it really but is because it, really it happens overnight. Yeah. You know, it happens. Well, no, I suppose it's. I don't know. And you, I, I just don't get to watch it because it's sort of. I like watching live motorsport, and it goes on overnight. I'm not even sure where you can see the races um, in recording. We should look at it more. I think the fact we haven't got a British driver over there um, probably means we don't have so much injury. But it's fantastic racing, racing. Um, but of course, the actually was the and this was the last race of the Holden. Holden brand is gone. General Motors have kicked it out into touch. 
but it was one. It was, it was quite a good story because the last round of the Supercars was won by Holden for Holden, and it was the first win for rookie uh, Brock Feeney. So it was nice, you know, a rookie winning in a Holden on the last Holden race. Um, next year, of course, it's, it's General Motors. They're going to instead of Holden, it's going to be Chevy Camaros. Uh, and the Fords are going to be Ford Mustangs. That's very American. Camaros versus Mustang. They've got Gen 3. It's a new shape of car next year. Um, but now the star, although Brock Feeney had a, probably had a very good podium, uh, the star of the show, as you just mentioned, was uh, Shane Van Gisberg, um, Gisbergen, who won the championship. So they presented him with a championship. Uh, trophy. <laughs> he just went mental. Have you seen it? Have you managed to doubt <laughs> Yes, it? yes. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, burnouts and penalty, donuts. I think. Yeah, you couldn't. So he, he get he does all the burnouts and mischief, and he parks it up against the wall, um, which is what some Americans do. They do it in NASCAR as well. But it's all spinning full speed, so the wall stopping it. And then he gets Ooh. out of the car when it's still throttle still going, which had us all. <laughs> I just thought, gosh, maybe the tick over <laughs> on those engines is so high that it, that it was able to still keep the wheels going. But um, <laughs> the, the clue, if you look at the video, which one of the teams has now explained, because he's missing one shoe when he out, gets out of the car. So he's taken a shoe off, jammed the throttle open to keep the wheels spinning, got out, stood on the roof, walked away from the car to pick up his champion's trophy, gets back in the car... <laughs> There's more donuts waving the trophy out of the window until both tyres exploded. I mean, uh, well, that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought when the tyres were going to explode and the car would go out of control or something yeah. on its own. No, so that's so amazing. I mean, they thought about it before, apparently. But when this guy, I keep on talking about when came, he's 33 years old now, but it won't happen. But as a driving talent, I mean, I'd like to see him do you know that race of champions, which is great. They don't have him over. Yeah. They should have him for that, that race of champions. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Mixed. Um, because you know, he was a Formula Ford champion and then there's nothing to do down except go supercars. He's no real pro single-seater down, down under. So he went off to Aussie, left, left home in New Zealand. And then he's been to Europe. He's won the Blancpain GT Championship. He, uh, he, won the new, he went back into single-seaters last year and won the New Zealand Grand Prix and a Toyota single-seater. Um, he had a go in the rally in New Zealand this year in a, in a group five, not group five, what do they call it? WRC two car yeah. uh, and finished third behind two rally drivers. He, he's rally phenomenal, phenomenal driver. Absolutely, um, a star driver that should have maybe come to Europe and done more. But um, you're lucky you got him down there. I know he's a Kiwi, upsetting you. Obviously, he's winning your championship and being such a superstar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that was the highlight. The highlight of the weekend was Shane van Gisbergen. I always pronounce it wrongly, Gisbergen. Your pronunciation is a lot better than mine, so you can keep doing the pronunciations for these difficult names. He'll be out you. So he'll be in a Chevy Camaro next year, uh, trying to retain, trying to have a hat trick of titles. He won the title last year and he won it about five or six years ago as well. Very entertaining, Shane. Thank you. It was Very disappointing, Ross Braun. Lovely Ross, <laughs> lovely bloke. Ruined Formula One. It's ruined it. You heard it here first. Ruined it. Aerodynamics. It's a difficult word. I had to look it up about five times to spell it rightly on my script. Aerodynamicists ruin Formula One. Thanks for joining. I'm going to the pool. Uh, enjoy yeah. the weather wherever you are and look forward to seeing you next week. I'm, while you're out there with that ball kicking sport, I'm now to, going to quickly watch who wins the test match. I don't know. It's exciting. Oh, it's tense. It's, very, it's, it's very tense. tense Bye. It? I've got to go. I've got to go. Cricket. Bye. <laughs> Have fun. See you. Thanks for joining. Cheers. <laughs>